0: Let's just bow our hearts and approach him now. Lord, every person in this place today, there are witnesses of what you've done. Lord, that you've touched them. Lord, there's no way we can deny it. There's no way we can doubt it. You've come on the scene and touched us many times. And today, Lord, we come into this place once again believing, Lord, that you're gonna touch us again that you're gonna feel, you're gonna refill, you're gonna do abundantly more than what we can ask and even think today. So, Lord, as we come into this place, we're asking, Lord, that you would take full control. Take control, Lord, of every heart and every life. May your presence, I pray, Lord, may it continue to move. We know that you're here, we sense you now, Lord. We ask that you'd come, have your way in this place, Lord. Bless the words, Lord, that we'll speak for a few moments We ask now in Jesus Christ's name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. God bless you while you're standing with us. If you'd like to turn with us, I invite you to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11, I'd like to look at verse two with you today. Something just for a few moments to help our faith. I'd like to speak to you today on breaking the chains of doubt. Matthew chapter 11, verse two. And when John had heard in the prison the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples. And he said unto him, art thou he that should come? Or do we look for another? And Jesus answered and said unto them, I love his response. Go and show John again. Go show John again Those things which you do hear and see. The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk. The lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead raised, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. How many believe he's that same God? And blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. And they departed, and Jesus began to say unto the multitudes concerning John, what went you out to see in the wilderness to see? A reed shaken with the wind? But what went you out for to see? A man clothed in salt raiment? Behold, they that wear soft clothing are in kings' houses. But what went you out to see? A prophet? Yea, I say unto you, more than a prophet. For this is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. And verily I say unto you, among them that are born of a woman, there have not risen a greater than John the Baptist. May the Lord add his blessings to the words. You can be seated today. Just for a short trip today. I would like to take you back to this time in the scripture. It's not the king's palace. It's not the synagogue. It's not the temple. But it's actually a place where no man wants to be found. It's a place that is dark. It's dingy. It's a place to where many of people, they would never want to be found in such a place. And this place, it's called Machaerus. It's not too far from where John had been baptizing in Jordan. But this place is a prison. It's at the tip of the Dead Sea, and it's in this place where John finds himself. In this place, I'm sure there's a lot of crime. There's a lot of groaning. There's a lot of loneliness. There's a lot of sorrow in this place. In this place is a man that has been used of God. He's nervous. He's weary. He's had a breakdown while he's in prison. And in this place, he is so depressed. He is so weary because of the turmoil that is in his mind from the conditions that is taking place around him. And I'm sure we can all identify with that kind of a place. Because in this type of an atmosphere, his senses has become dull by what is around him, looking at the walls. Because atmosphere actually impacts our life in such a tremendous way and a great way. But what did John do to deserve to be put in such a place like this? He didn't rob nobody. He never killed nobody. He never stole from nobody. So why would a man that is trying to do everything that he can to serve God, a man that's trying to live right, trying to preach right, trying to serve God's people, trying to do everything we can, John, to do what's right, why would this man be found in such a place? You realize he's preached the truth. He's been anointed by the Holy Spirit. He has stood for truth, and John the Baptist, remember, he's not just another preacher that has come. This is not just another priest that would take a sacrifice and go to the temple. He's not just another man, but this is a man who's been prophesied about. It's been a man that's been prophesied 712 years before he's ever born. It's already been prophesied that John is going to come. So John then is the prophet's prophecy. He is the one that's been talked to. And let me just say this, you're not just here by chance either. You're not just in this place by chance, but it's already been spoken concerning a people that's gonna live in this day. Now, Isaiah the prophet had stood and he said that he would be the voice of one that is crying in the wilderness. Insomuch that the last prophet of the Old Testament, Malachi, prophesied about the coming of John. And he said, behold, I shall send my messenger before my face. Those were references concerning John the Baptist. And I want to take John fulfilled what the word said about John. It wasn't only spoken concerning John, but John has fulfilled that which has been spoken about him. Think of it. That God ordained this man's life. He ordained his birth. It was a battle for him to get here. It was a battle why he's here. I'm preaching to you, John. It's a battle to get here. It's a battle to remain here. And God had wanted it to be foretold that he's coming and he's anointed him to stand in the midst of the people, even though he was not much liked by the Pharisees. He wasn't liked by the Sadducees, but he was loved by Almighty God. And he was anointed to speak truth. He was anointed to take the word that would be so different than the rest of the periods on how that they would approach things. That John, he didn't have to come with some educated way to be able to say it to impress people. Oh, John didn't care about impressing people. He wanted to magnify God. Amen. Amen. And this is the day that has been prophesied about. And let me just say, this is the same kind of a day. It's not just another time, another age is gonna go by. That's not where we're living at. We're living at the end of every age. We are living in the hour of prophecy that is being fulfilled by another people that is sitting right here on the pews today. This is the time that has been spoken about for hundreds and hundreds of years. This is the hour of every promise coming to pass. It is a time of manifestation every old testament prophet had prophesied about this day and guess what god is allowing you to live in it you could have lived back in the days of jesus you could have been here but god wanted you to live in this day because it's been prophesied that you would be here you would be alive and you would remain hallelujah So it's been prophesied even in John's day that John was familiar with the word that it had been prophesied that the lame is gonna walk. It's been prophesied that the eyes of the blind is gonna come open and that the poor, oh my, the poor is gonna have the gospel preached to them and it's been prophesied the dumb's gonna hear and the gospel's gonna go about. Listen, it's during that type of a condition. It's during that time, here is John laying in prison. Here's a man that has preached repentance. Here's a man that has preached truth. He's declared it before the people. He done it without fear. He done it without favor. He's preached the word of God. Here's a man that had signs following his ministry. Here's a man that had wonders around his ministry, miracles that had been done, and his ministry had shook the entire region where John had went about preaching. You realize in almost every village they had heard about the ministry of John. They'd heard the name of John the Baptist. And the reason why they'd heard the name of John the Baptist is because the Pharisees, they'd made the kingdom so inaccessible that nobody could get into this kingdom unless you got the right kind of a garment or you're a part of a lineage. But John comes and the poor that had no chance to believe the gospel, John's given the poor a chance. Hallelujah, and John would stand there and preach the message of repentance. No doubt of many of the Pharisees that would come, and they would sit in the congregation when John would preach, and when John would begin to preach repentance, an old harlot would get up and find her way to the altar. An old drunk would get up and find his way to an altar, and you realize the Pharisee, how in the world can this man, does he know what kind of a woman, he know what she was but he's fulfilling the word of the day. He was called to preach repentance and now the poor is having the gospel preached to him. John was giving hope to the hopeless. He was giving hope to the beggars, people that had no chance. John was called to do it. John's anointed to do it. He's chosen by God to do it. It had already been prophesied and John's fulfilling those words. But now he's arrested. He's locked up, his nerves are on edge, he shakes, he trembles, he's weary in his spirit, he's becoming despondent, his spirit is so pulled down within him, he's been rejected, he's been dejected, he's losing his confidence, he's losing his vision. One time a man could stand and believe the word of God with all of his heart, but let me say the conditions that was around him begin to affect his mind. Oh my, think about week after week, knowing that he's called to preach the word, but now his season has come to the end. And he's, he's incarcerated. Week after week, his eyes, are growing dim. Why don't God allow this man just to walk in a chariot and leave? But he's chained up, he's bound up. His eyes are growing dim. John wasn't born to be locked up. John's born to be free. John. John's born to live free. John's born to have liberty. John was born, he came from the wilderness. He's used, John is an eagle. He's used to soaring in the heavenlies. He's used to flying. Think of that. He's used to flying above troubles, above heartaches, above circumstance. But weariness has so affected him and his mind is so perplexed. He's been used of God. But there's no anointing. There's no anointing when he would stand there and say, it's not lawful for you to take your brother's wife. Uh-huh. My yeah. prison's affecting him. Where's the boldness that John had? He's locked in a cage. And when you become chained up, it affects your spirit. Right, right. It affects your spiritual eyes. Do you realize that they have proved that people that stay in incarceration for a prolonged amount of time because of their environment, only to see four by four or 10 by 10, and that's all that they look at, it begins to affect their eyes to where they cannot see far off anymore. They cannot see long distances no more because of the cell that they're in. It affects their eyes to where they cannot, their vision is affected. Come on, somebody. I said their vision becomes affected. And without a vision, we perish. Hallelujah, it's affected his spirit. It's affected his mind. When you limit yourself from seeing long distances, the eye loses its ability because it literally affects the mind. You see, vision comes from the back parts of the mind. Mm. It comes from the back of the mind. And the longer you go without actually seeing it, witness it, beholding it, you begin to lose the sensitivity to it. It desensitizes the mind until the mind forgets what it is to recognize outside the things, the link of the cell that they're in. You can't see outside the cage that you're in, the bars that are around you. The longer you're locked up, the longer you're bound up, the longer you're caged up, it affects the mind where you can't recognize things around you. You can't see clearly, your mind becomes foggy. You become so disoriented to where you can't see things you used to see and preach clearly. And that's where John's at. Notice where I sit in the forgotten beatitude. We find there John down in that little low. Musty, dirty jail. Some dirty bread they probably throw it in once in a while. He probably gotten thin. No way to read the Bible. His eagle eye got filmed over. Yeah. He said, you know prophets are like in the eagles and God calls his prophets eagles It's because an eagle is the most powerful of all the birds. An eagle can go higher, soar higher than any other bird. He's got a better eye. Any other bird. But because they'd taken him out of his habitation from the wilderness, they put him down in an old, musty, dirty, musty jail. This great man who could be an eagle to soar in the air. Now, the higher you get, the further away you can see. But this eagle had his eye got filmed over, and John become weary. Again, getting in the spirit, John was kindly filmed over. He had the spirit of Elijah, and Elijah had a breakdown when he was under the juniper juniper tree, and John had a breakdown in prison. Does God still love him? Is he still a son of God? Is he still chosen? Is he still elected? Come on. John had a breakdown in prison. He was a high-pitched prophet, them nerves on edge. And it's in that kind of condition where John's mind becomes so impacted. His spiritual vision becomes blurred. It becomes muddied up to where he can't see clearly. He can't think clearly. It was in that kind of condition. Oh, let me bring this out. That the Bible said when John, when John had heard, look at this in Matthew eleven two, When John had heard in the prison, the works of christ i like it don't you even though he's in prison john heard even though he's incarcerated john heard even though he's locked up john heard even though he's weary john heard even though he's had a breakdown john's hurt even though he's got trouble john come on john the words of Jesus Christ was able to penetrate the prison that John was in. And the words of Christ, the words impacted the prison so much, it penetrated the walls, and it found the ears of John. The word can press through darkness. The word can press through weariness. It can press through dampness. It can press through coldness. The word of God can press through every condition that you're in. And the Bible said that John heard. If everything else goes out, just be glad that your ears don't. Or if your ears go out, thank God you got eyes. If your eyes go out, thank God you got feeling. And the Bible said that John did hear. Do you realize... If we could only know what John heard, I think it would help us. What did John hear in this kind of condition? Well, Luke picks it up and tells us what John heard. He hears that Jesus was headed to a city called Nain. Outside the city is sepulchers full of dead men's bones. They've been buried and dead for a long time. And Jesus, glory, he passes the sepulchers. He passes the dead. He passes the buried. And while he's coming to the gate of the city, hallelujah, the word meets a funeral possession. And the Bible said when he came nigh to the gate of the city, behold, listen, there was a dead man carried out. The only son, Hallelujah. The only son is being carried out. The only son of his mother. She was a widow and much people of the city was with her. Here's a widow whose only son has died. Tie it together for me. And the Bible said, when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said unto her, weep not. He sees the only son of a woman. She ain't got nobody else. But this boy, this boy is dead. And whenever he sees him, he's so moved with compassion. He says, don't weep. And he come and touched the bier, And they said, listen. And they that bear him stood still. And he said, young man, I say unto thee. I say unto thee. Arise. And he that was dead. He that was dead sat up and began to speak. He hears voice and now he is speaking with voice. He began to speak and he delivered him to his mother. And that word moved from name crosses the valleys, the hills, village after village. Think about it, here's God's only son, meeting her only son, and he's dead, but the resurrection and life met the dead, and when the resurrection comes by, the dead can't stay dead. Come on, God resurrected her son, and the Bible said this rumor of him, went throughout all Judea and throughout all the region around about and it moves down to Macris and it comes through the walls from one prisoner to another until finally it gets to the inner cell where John is and John heard what happened at Nain and the message of the resurrection reaches past every ounce of darkness and coldness and it actually moves a man who is sitting in prison Now John had identified the Lamb of God. Here's my message, let me quit. The two disciples of John comes to the prison, and John in his weariness and his spirit broken as it was, and his mind in such turmoil, think about it, them nerves just on edge, everything that would happen, every noise or the silence that was so deafening to John, that John is sitting here, and here comes these disciples, and John has thought about it. And John wants to ask Jesus a question. I want to ask him a question. And the Bible says, and John calling two of his disciples, sent them to Jesus. Oh, I like that right there. That's Pat Fool. He didn't send them down to the media. He didn't send them down to the courthouse. He didn't put it up on YouTube. He didn't flash it across Facebook. He took it to the one that can change it. It's to say, sent them to Jesus. This is what I want to ask him. Ask him, Art thou he that should come? Or look we for another? This is not. Unbelief. Just listen a minute. This is not John questioning is God's word right? Is God's word wrong? Is God real? Is He not real? Is this the word or not? That's not what John's doing. Listen to me. But John's eagle eye in his flesh and his humanity is so filmed over. John in prison, under a nervous wreck, and the nerves on the edge, and his mind in such torment, he's so weary, he's so tired. Understand, he's commissioned to announce the Lamb, and he's already done it. He announced the Messiah. He was the one that responsible for pointing people to the right one. God called him and anointed him for this purpose. And now doubts in his mind because of weariness and turmoil. And he's asking him, are you the one? Now the terminology that John is using is the coming one. Which is the messianic title for the prophecy that was going to come in the Messiah. So they would say, the coming one. And that's messianic title. Like the seed of Abraham. The seed of David, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the King of Kings, the Prince of Peace. Those are identifying who the Messiah is. And John wants to know: are you the one that's been prophesied about? That David said in Psalms that, 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 that Jesus, the, the Messiah, would be the coming one. Even John called him that. And Matthew 3.11, indeed, baptize you with water into repentance. But he that. He's mightier than I. The Jews knew this was the title for the Messiah and John is simply asking Jesus, are you the Messiah or should we continue to look for him? This is not a display of John questioning God. He's not rebuking Jesus. He's not denying Jesus. He heard the works. We don't deny Jesus but it's us that denies ourselves. We're doubting ourselves. John's doubting what he's called to do like we do many times. John in his worry and his, his vision is so obscured by the nervousness and the heaviness that is a him. He's so confused because of the prison and the condition that he's in. His eagle eye is so filmed over that doubt comes in and it fills his mind. Don't you see, friends? When you get down, that's when Satan turns the pressure upon you. Tension blurs our senses. Look, John believes that Jesus is the Messiah. He's already announced it. He's already said it. But that's under the anointing. Anybody can shout at church. That's when John was sore like an eagle. That's when John was free. That's when John wasn't weary. He was was so moved by the presence of God. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. But under tension, doubt fills his mind. Did I make a mistake? Did I do something wrong? Lord, am I, am I called or am I saved? Yeah. Notice, and who is this? He said, John, in the prison, his eagle eye filmed over, his prophetic eye couldn't see like it once seen. Are you hearing me today? He's seen Jesus was the Messiah, but now what he's asking is, was I right? Should I continue to believe? Are you hearing me? Was I wrong to announce that? Was I wrong to believe that? Did I fail in my calling? Did I fail in what God called me to do? Are you hearing me today? It's not that the word ain't right. It's not that the message ain't right. Where does it start out? Change of doubt because the condition makes our mind wonder. Worst questions come to our minds. How many times have we been in that same place with who we are in Christ? We save, not save. lost, up, down, in, and out, upside down, what causes that? Tensions do. Frailties of the flesh. Weaknesses of the flesh. We don't doubt there's a God. We don't doubt the Bible's true. We know the message is right, but we doubt, and our faith becomes limited from reaching the place where all things are possible. When negative circumstances come, when trials take place, think about it. When things happen that we cannot explain, we don't have the answer to it. Our spirits get down. Our discouragement sets in. Tension fills our minds. Or you're sick. You're sick. It feels like you're on a roller coaster. One day you feel good, the next day you don't. One day you feel fine, the next day you feel so down. That's when doubt loves to attach itself. That's what he loves to grip you. And that moment, that's when all of our minds become in such turmoil and Satan gets behind that doubt and he starts shoving that doubt, little by little, trying to shove it over on you. John knew what the word said about the Messiah. He knew what he had said it would be. He knew it done been prophesied, listen he would open the prison to those who are bound. He knew it, he knew it said it would set the captives free. And John is sitting here in prison knowing the word, announced the word, been around the message, confessed it a little while, but he himself is sitting in prison. You catching my thought? He knows all about it, but he's suffering in his heart, suffering with hunger, suffering such anguish, and doubt would be something that Jesus would deal with over and over and over again, even in his disciples. How many times would Jesus say it? over and over again, oh, ye of little faith. Remember when they was crossing the sea and the storm come up and they they ran to get Jesus because they were so afraid. And Jesus, think about it, Jesus comes up, he arose and he puked the wind. And he turned around and said, "Oh ye, a little faith, they'd heard the word. They'd heard what Jesus had preached. They saw miracles, they saw signs. But Jesus was speaking as though they should have already had enough faith to stop the wind without even waking him up. Remember the question come up that day of what thou shalt eat, Luke 12, 28, and then God so clothed the grass, which today in the field, tomorrow cast on the oven, how much more will he clothe you? Oh, ye of little faith. Verse 29, See not what you shall eat, what you shall drink, neither be you of a, look at this word to be suspended in air, to cause one to waver or fluctuate in the, it's a metaphor taken from ships that are tossed about in the deep by the winds and the waves. In other words, don't let your mind, John, be tossed about, don't let your mind, church, be tossed about fluctuated by circumstances like a ship that is on the sea. Don't allow it to suspend you in the air to cause you to waver or fluctuate your mind. He was constantly dealing with doubt. He reminded them over and over again, don't doubt, don't doubt, just believe. Even after Jesus had died, buried, resurrected, the Bible said, and then the 11 disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them, and when they saw him, they worshiped. Lord have mercy. In the middle of a resurrection, some worshiped, but some... It means wavered. Amen. After everything they've seen, everything they've been through, all the miracles, all the healings, all those things, but yet they're still dealing with doubt in their mind. Amen. Timothy told the Gentiles in 1 Timothy 2 and 8, I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lift it up, holy hands, with that mouth and hesitation. Don't hesitate. John's been used to God. He's been anointed. He's flew into the rims of God. And now he's went so low because of conditions around him. But Ram says, if you'll notice, it's when you're discouraged. That's when the devil can really pour it on you. That's when he gets you. And John is in that type of a condition. So he wants to say, he wants to ask Jesus a question. When doubt comes to mind, He don't run everybody down. He don't run Jesus down. He don't tell this to everyone. He doesn't share with nobody else, but he takes it to the best place you can take any question you got. He takes it to Jesus. The fact that he took this question to Jesus proves he's not lost his faith. Come on, friends, it proves that he is still believing. He still recognizes who he is, but doubt's so moving him. He needs to ask him a question. He knows something's happened. He knows something moved, but he's agitated. He's swaying like a, sheep on a ship on the water, and he's sitting there in his mind. He's fluctuating, and he says, I want to ask him a question. Are you the one? Yeah. Yes, sir. Should we look for another? I imagine these disciples got into a fight and an argument. All right, John, which one do you want us to say it? Because I'm not doing it. (laughs) Just go ask him. I can imagine they're on their way there to find out where he's at. When they get there, I can imagine they're coming up. And one says, you ask Jesus what John said. No, I'm not. I'm not asking Jesus that. You ask Jesus that. I'm not asking him that. It ain't me. All right, paper, rock, scissors, let's do it. You lose the first and best of three, best of five, best of 10. I get an audience with Jesus. They don't bring up what their needs are. You're talking about disciples. The one who loses says, John wants me to ask you a question, but this ain't my question. I, I'm not asking this. John's asking this. He, I don't want to know, I know, I know. But John don't know, and John wants to know. So I'm asking for John. Not me, me asking for John. I would never say nothing. Just ask the question. Can you imagine if this is your only time to speak to Jesus, and it's under this kind of a circumstance? Luke seven twenty. when the men were coming to him, they said, John the Baptist sent us. Art thou he that should come? Or look we for another. And Jesus blowed up and he got mad. That sorry, lowed down, no good sinner. I want to tell you, that snake in the grass, he's going to split hell wide open. You come against me, I'm the Messiah. I'm Isaiah 714. Who do you think you are? That reprobate? Is that what he said? Look what Jesus answers. Look at this answer. And in that same hour, Not two days later, not the next morning, but it must have meant something to Jesus that the Bible says, in that same hour, he cured many of their infirmities and plagues and evil spirits, and unto many that were blind, he gave sight. And Jesus answered and said unto them, go your way. Hallelujah, and tell John he's a blasphemer. Tell John he's gonna split hell wide open. But I want you to tell John what things you've seen and heard, how that the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers were cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the power had the gospel preached. Jesus unleashes such a power upon that meeting, he performed one miracle after another until it shook the entire region. I can to the layman within five miles come walking by a living and he went out walking away. You know why? God had an answer to break the chains of doubt. He knew how to break doubt off of this man's mind. He knew John knew the word. He knew John knew the Messiah to the Messiah. He knew the word to the Messiah. So he just Perform the word. And then Jesus ends it with a beatitude and says, blessed is he who shall not be offended. Look at the word offended. Blessed is he that shall not stumble, have an impediment in the way to fall in a trap. One who stumbles, whose foot gets entangled not reprobate, not a child of hell, but fell in a trap, think about it. If you want to be blessed, don't get your feet tangled up in troublesome times. If you want to be blessed, don't stumble, get the impediments out of your way. And I can see these two disciples, as they're heading up the hill, They turn around see Jesus standing there. And Jesus says, wait, wait. Tell John this. Tell him this for me. Tell him there's not a man born of a woman greater than John the Baptist. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, we'll tell him. Yes, sir, we'll deliver the message. We'll tell him exactly not what we said. We'll tell him what you said. We're not going to tell John what we think and what we believe and what we say. We're going to tell him what Jesus has already said. No more my own minds, not idea. Tell him what Jesus said. Jesus sent his word. And the word loosed John from the impediment, the trap, John's in prison, facing death. It's eagle eyes so filmed over. I'm sure he's been with where, where are they at? Where are they at? Impatient, upset, agitated. Where are they at? I sent them away. Where are they at? About that time, he hears the keys jingle, and here comes these disciples. What it must have felt like coming to the pulpit that day with a real message from Jesus. I'd imagine they're, they're armed, they're dangerous, they're ready. All they need to do is just get to the right man on the right day, in the right season, in the right hour, and the right people. Amen. 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 They walk up where John is, and am where have you been at? I'm saying, where have you been at? I've been waiting on you. Where have you been? <clears throat> We've been with Jesus. Well, what'd he say? You're not gonna believe it. You're not gonna, just spit it out, man. Tell me what he said. Well, it ain't so much what he said. But it's what he did. Because if you can't believe what he said, believe him for the very... Let us tell you what happened down there. Let us tell you. we? Let us tell you, we saw the blind reading the scrolls. We heard the dumb speaking to one another. The lame was running up and down the aisles of the sanctuary. The poor was receiving the message. The dead was being brought to life. John, we saw these things. We saw the words. We have beheld it with our own eyes, John. John says, that's good. Praise God. That's good. That's, that's good. That's, that's wonderful. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. I love it. Um, John, that's not all he said. What else could he say? What else could a man like this say? He performed the works. Lame walking, blind seeing, dead being right. What else could he do? He wanted us to tell you something from him. What'd he say? John, he said, the word said about you. Let me quote him directly for you, John. He said, there's not a man born of a woman Greater than John the Baptist. About that time, the eagle eyes popped open. The chains of doubt falls off of John. Hallelujah! Wow! light let struck that sea, and that eagle eye become open. The darkness begin to move back. The weariness begin to move back. The discouragement begin to move back. All oh, the doubt was gone because faith cometh by hearing and hearing. Fulfilled. <laughs> Notice the forgotten beatitude. Tell John not to be scared. Praise God. Tell him not to be scared, not to think anything different. I'm right on schedule. Everything's running right. Everything's all right. I love that. When you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, is everything in order? God assures him everything's just right right on schedule exactly the way I thought it would be. He said, go tell him there's a healing service going on. The poor's got the gospel preached, the power of God is moving among them and I'm right on schedule. Listen to this statement. Don't pay any attention to nothing else. I'm right on schedule. So if he's on schedule, Here's your answer. Don't pay no attention. God's right on schedule. Well, brother, where's the promise of his coming? He's right on schedule. Well, am I gonna get my healing? He's right on schedule today. Will I get a body change? He's right on schedule. Why he said, blessed is he who's not offended to me, don't be offended no matter what takes place. Everything's working right on schedule, so you just go ahead and believe it, that's all. Everything's all right, just go ahead and believe it. And you know that Jesus didn't rebuke John for that. Jesus didn't rebuke John for that. He didn't say, well, I'm ashamed of my apostle, I'm ashamed of my prophet. No, he never said that. He didn't say what the world's gonna say about this when you've come preaching. Oh, such a great Messiah. What are they going to say when you've announced it? And such a great Messiah. Then you sent out to ask if I'm the Messiah. He never rebuked him. But when John, he says, but when John said the worst thing that he could say to Jesus... Jesus said the best thing that John ever had said about him. It wasn't so from the beginning. Then there's something happened. Disappointment, that's what happens to all of us. In your healings and things, you'll find out it looks like something didn't work just right. Listen today. Remember, that's the enemy. God's permitting it to give you a trial to see what you're going to do. Listen, but Jesus understands all our weaknesses. He turned around and paid the greatest compliment that he could pay to any man, to John. Stand our feet. Praise God. You're talking about powerful. What would Jesus say today? Weary, discouraged, despondent, sickness. Maybe you're fighting disease in your body. Things you don't understand. Your mind is, is such turmoil. But even what, what should I do? I'll tell you what we should do. Let's find out today what Jesus has to say about it. Amen. Maybe you come into this place with the same question. Maybe doubt's tried its best to get its holding grips upon you to chain you up. But I say God's a God that keeps his word. If I didn't believe that, I wouldn't be standing behind this desk, but I believe God could heal every person in this building today. What with the works of Jesus, what's his response? I say he's here. He's here. Amen. Healing's here. Deliverance here. The master's here. John, you're here. It's been prophesied about you. Now let's approach him and ask him. Praise God. let our hearts just a moment. Hallelujah. Praise God. Lord Jesus, Lord, we commit this congregation. We commit each person their need, whether it's deliverance, bondage, worry, nervousness, weariness, maybe it's depression. Whatever it is today, Lord, I ask you, Father, that you would move on behalf of your people. We are believers of your word. We know what your word says. And we come, Lord, to bring our faith. We unite it together. In the name of Jesus, we bind Satan today. May he be bound from this service and this group of people. Lord, may you have your way in this place. May your anointing sweep down through this building. Lord God, I pray, visit your people today will give you the praise in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God! Praise God! I said He touched me. I know oh, oh, He touched me. And. Oh,